0: Would you stand and sing with us? in the lord's goodness we rely on his mercy we find shelter in his steadfast love in this advent season of waiting on the lord we walk in the lord's way we follow his example of love we keep our covenant promises in this advent season of waiting lord forget our sins remember your love remember each one of us remember your people everywhere In this Advent season of waiting, Lord, we wait for your salvation. We wait for your leading. We wait for your coming. Amen.
1: Good morning, New Life Church. Uh, My name is Jake. I will be your host this morning. So, first of all, it looks really good in here. There's some new flooring. Acoustically, it sounds good. It looks good. We are slowly dragging this beautiful area out of the 90s, uh, one bit at a time, and it's good to see everyone here and good to see this beautiful new floor. Um, Okay, let's get started. Kids, if you are ages 3 to 5, or grades one to five. Come on down. So take a seat on the front steps across here. Um, Parents, if you'd like to bring your kids down here, you're welcome to. If not, you can send them down and there are leaders and the leaders will take them where they need to go. So kids, come on down. It's good to see you all. Hey, good morning, kids. Good to see you. We are going to pray a prayer of blessing over you. Um, and so parents and congregation members, um, we just want to bless these kids as they head down for their service. I think they're throwing a party downstairs today, uh, celebrating Jesus' birthday. So it's I think it's going to be a riot. Um, and we just want to pray a prayer of blessing over them uh, as they head out. So if you feel like extending your hand and praying... Uh, let's bless these kids. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings of life. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the blessing of children of the next generation. Thank you for each one of these amazing, beautiful children uh, that you've created, unique and different. Uh, Lord, we pray that this time downstairs for them will be a time where they can have fun, where they can celebrate you and your birth and your birthday party. Um, and that, Lord, you will be with them today and through the next week as we lead up to Christmas, that you will make yourself so present in this busy season, um, and that you will uh, be present and be really uh, recognizable and real in a way that they each understand. Lord, we pray that you'll bless these kids. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So little lights and leaders, exit left. Kids church and leaders, you guys know what you're doing. Exit right. You were headed off before I said anything. I don't know if I'm going to wait till he's gone before I start, but I'll just I'll just start. I think this this could take a while. We don't want to rush his pace. Um, good morning, new life. It's good to see you. Okay, maybe I will wait. That's the cutest distraction. We'll wait. He does walk. He just he decides the way he wants to travel. Okay, so good to see you all this morning. Um, if you're a guest here, welcome. Uh, every time I, I look out here, it's it's just so cool, especially this Advent season. Um, I just, this morning, it kind of hit me. I got the chills thinking of, it was only a couple years ago we weren't able to be here together, um, and it's two a couple short years later, and to see the same faces here, and to see new people here, and to see this church flourishing, and to be able to... Be present in this Advent season of waiting together is, is so cool. And it kind of hit me this morning when I was looking around, being like, what a blessing that you, you don't want to ever take for granted. So truly, it's amazing and such a blessing to see you all this morning. Um, if you're a guest this morning, we want to connect with you. Um, there's a connect card in the aisle in f- or in the uh, little baskets in front of you. If you want to fill those out, uh, you can bring it to the info booth in the foyer after, and you will get a gift. Um, If you're online this morning, welcome. Cameras, I don't know where you are. Uh, We encourage you to comment as well. If you're new and you're online, drop a comment let us know and interact so that uh, there's a a sense of community there as well. Um, So, a few things today. Christmas services. So we're excited to celebrate Christmas with you all. That is coming up next weekend. So you're invited to Christmas Eve on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for a storytelling service with the New Life Kids. So Christmas Eve does not mean evening. It means Christmas Eve morning at 10 a.m. It's very clear. I hope we all understand that. Christmas Eve at 10 a.m. in the morning. Um, If you come at 10 at night, you're on your own. I'm sorry. I warned you very clearly. Christmas Eve morning, 10 a.m., kids' kids service, and there will be a candle lighting. Uh, It's going to be pretty cool. Uh, We have also a choir... Hold on. Christmas morning at 10 a.m., which is the next day, there's going to be a 10 a.m. Monday morning service uh, celebrating Jesus' birth. We'll have a big choir at that service, and we'll spend the morning singing and celebrating together. Uh, Both these services are great times to invite your friends, neighbors, relatives, family. There's some invites in the info booth that you can take home. So if you're ever wanting to, you know, that person you know at work or a friend or, or a family member who just hasn't... I've been to church in a while. This is a really cool special service, um, and it seems to be one that people, if they aren't comfortable with church 51 weeks of the year, uh, this might be the the one week that they'd want to show up. So uh, just that extra nudge, give it a shot, invite them. This could be a really good opportunity, and there's two services uh, as options. So speaking of the theme of Christmas here, giving guides. So we're inviting you to serve our community this Christmas Uh, with gifts for our missions partners and missionaries so we've done this before we put together a gift guide that's available on our website to make it easier for you to give uh, what you need each year so visit newlifecrc.ca slash events for the complete guide a hard copy of the guide is also in your church mailbox and at the missions board in the foyer as well so check that out The guide includes a gift of different things to support some of the different groups and organizations we support. Um, Some of the things could be uh, paying to bring baking to Youth Unlimited, bringing socks and shoes for Joshua House, uh, giving a $30 donation to buy a soccer uniform for kids in Columbia uh, who we've partnered with organization there. Your last chance to drop off the items or give this guide is this coming Wednesday, December 20th. So if you're going to do that, newlifecrc.ca slash events or the guide in the foyer. Um, missions coffee sales. This Sunday, Missions team will be selling fair trade Honduran coffee uh, in the foyer after the service. This will be your last chance to purchase some before Christmas. So if you're getting gifts for colleagues, co-workers, family, uh, you're pinched for time and you came to church thinking I need to go shopping after church, we solved that. You don't even have to leave. It's right in the back there. So there's a gift bag. Uh, I think Janet Hitchcock did an amazing job explaining it last week. So. If you were here last week, you saw $25. You get two bags of coffee, a nice Christmas bag, and a candy cane. So easy gift, great coffee, supporting an awesome cause in the foyer after. Um, offering. Today, we are taking an offering for the Benevolent Fund. Uh, so this is a fund. If you're wondering, what is the Benevolent Fund? So at New Life, we do a lot of work internationally, locally, regionally. And the Benevolent Fund is the, the fund uh, within what we do that takes care of the people in our church and in our close community that have uh, physical or financial needs. Um, So this is a fund that we take in to support our church community. Uh, New Life Deacons uh, work really hard to administer this fund and to prepare uh, this time of year what we call Christmas hampers, so kind of gift boxes for families that could really use them this time of year. So uh, that's what the offering is for. Um, Behind me is going to be the instructions on how to give. You can also come up. There's... um, a box there and a box there. So during the fellowship time, which is coming up very soon, you can, uh, you can just bring your, your gift or your offering and put it in there. If you e-transfer, please, um, you have to, in the memo line, explain where you want it to go. So automatically it will go to New Life Budget. But for example, today if you're doing Benevolent Fund, please write that so it's, we know where you would like it to go and it can be assigned to that. So I'm going to pray now for the Benevolent Fund. And the offering, Lord, we thank you for this day. Uh, we thank you for uh, your love for us, that's unending. We thank you that um, we are here today. That it's your plan and your your design that we are here, Lord. We pray, Lord, in this week coming up, that we will, through the craziness and busyness of life, uh, through the hectic schedules and the many distractions, that we will feel your love. Uh, that you will be present. That you will make yourself known and real to us. And that we will be able to take the time to truly celebrate uh, the gift that you gave us, Lord, in your son. And we thank you that we can be here today, that we can be gathered today um, celebrating this Christmas season together in this beautiful building with one another, with people we love and know well. And we pray, Lord, that through all this we won't forget about uh, people that have harder times, that need more than we might need, that are struggling physically, financially, financially that this is a really hard season for them, Lord, and we pray that this, bl- that this offering will be a blessing for them, uh, that the generosity and gifts of this New Life congregation will be multiplied, and that people who are feeling stressed, and that stress is taking away from their, the, the joyful season for them, that they will be encouraged, that they will be uplifted, and they will be blessed by this. Um, Lord, we thank you for this day, and we thank you for this season. pray this in your name, amen. Amen. So, we are going to, in a second here, take a three-minute fellowship time. During the fellowship time, you can get up, uh, walk around, say hi to people, say hi to someone new if you see anyone new. You can give your offering during this time, as I mentioned. Um, If you need any icebreaker questions, you can ask your neighbor, for example, have you finished your Christmas shopping? So, let's practice. Someone asked me. Honestly, I'm so glad you asked. I really am. I have not. Um, I have done don't boo. It's been a busy week. I've done a lot. I know my wife's downstairs, so I can say this in confidence. Um, I haven't been able to figure out what she wants. So this is just a quick public plea. If you know her, and you know what she wants, she told me, just get me something that you think might make me happy. She doesn't have all these expensive hobbies like me, where you can just buy really expensive outdoor gifts, like all the bikes and skis and things I want. She's impossible. So if you know her, just a quick public plea, find me whisper in my ear or shoot me a text what she wants. I really need your help. Anyways, welcome to New Life. Um, Good morning. Good to see you all.
2: All right. Good morning, everyone. If you would return to your seats. You coffee addicts in the back. Get back to your seats. It's time for the message. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Bruce, and I'll lead you through the rest of the service this morning. We already had a wonderful worship set. Wasn't that great? Um, I'm always amazed at how beautiful um, the music is around here, and um, it actually, uh, seeing Janessa up there on the drums, it reminded me of a kind of a little Christmas story that involves light, and uh, we used to, this was, you know, in our household, um, during the Advent season, we would always, um, after dinner, we would light a candle. And then we would read the Christmas story, so from the Old Testament, and then as we got closer to Christmas, we would read the Christmas story, uh, which I'm sure some of you do as well. And if you don't, you, it's a great tradition to do with kids. And, um, but lighting the candle, one, there was one night um, that Janessa said, I want to put the candle out. And I'm like, okay, okay. And um, so she gets the candle snuffer, and she snuffs out the candle, and she says, the tribe has spoken. Like, oh, I think you're watching a little bit too much Survivor these days. So um, uh, I see Nathan's in the house, and Nathan's sighting this morning. He's back. He looks rested and um, theologically, you know, uplifted. So we're looking forward to uh, next Sunday. Speaking of next Sunday, uh, I was here yesterday morning. We were putting together the Christmas Eve on Sunday morning service. And we're going to have one of the most unique nativity scenes ever known. So um, it involves bears and tigers and uh, everything you don't expect from the nativity scene. So uh, just to add to what Jake said, come on out and invite some friends. Um, That would be great. Um, I also have to, this morning, do a retraction. And um, a couple weeks ago, I actually attributed all of these beautiful decorations to the new life staff i said the new life staff don't they do such a great job and you all applauded and that was wonderful but apparently the new life staff did nothing in terms of putting this together (laughs) and it was all helen castelline and sue apple so several of you yeah so we want to thank them for putting all this together and um and to the new life staff well whatever You know, we don't do anything, so. Okay, let's pray. Father, we come to you now as we open your word and we ask that you would, um, Lord, you'd fill us. You'd fill us with your spirit. You'd fill us with your fullness, your goodness, your grace. Um, During this Christmas season, that you'd help us to see again, just with new eyes, what this amazing event of you becoming flesh and blood in Jesus means. Stretch our minds, stretch our spirits, stretch our hearts. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So um, I want to start this morning by showing you a slide with a common theme. And so I want you to turn to the person beside you, if we can flip that slide up. Um, Just turn to the person beside you and see if you can come up with sort of the common theme amongst all these particular historical events. Just take Take a minute and and just talk to the person beside you. You can talk in church here in New Life, okay? So it's good. I hear turmoil from somebody. Okay. Here's what um, I think all of these moments represent. They are turning points. Turning points, key turning points in human history. All of these events are moments in which what everyone assumed was true before the event changed, after the event. What you thought previously now no longer applies. These are crucial moments in time in which something happened that inalterably changed things. Turning points are are moments that we remember. They are critical moments that define the outcome of something. And most of us can probably remember some important turning points in our lives, right? Like the moment you saw that certain someone across the room or at school or, and you said to yourself, hmm, they might be the one. And it turns out they were the one. And it's changed everything about your life. How about a career choice, right? I just had someone very close to me call me last night, and, and they were saying, you know, um, I need to make a change because I think what I've chosen in terms of a career path is not working out. I need, to, I need to kind of dive off the deep end and do something different with my life because where it's going at this point is just not where I want it to go. They're looking for a turning point in their lives. Some of you um, decided to start a business at some point. Some of you um, decided to have children at some point. And all of these these events in your life are, are, are turning points. I still remember one of the most significant turning points in my life. And that was when God called me to be a pastor. Now, from an early age, a lot of people had said to me, Bruce, you should think about being a pastor for some reason. I don't know. But... Um, I had gotten out of college with a psychology degree, which basically put me at the back of the unemployment line. And, um, and so I went into real estate, because that's what you do when you have a psychology degree. <laughs> and it, it was going great. But I knew deep down in my heart, in my soul, that this was not what God had in store for me. And that, and that constant kind of like... Itching in the soul, like, I've got something more for you, Bruce. And um, I remember the day when I said to God, God, don't you need more Christian real estate agents? And He goes, Of course they do. Have you seen the real estate market? But He said, I've got something more for you. I want you to be a pastor. And I want you to choose this path of sharing God's word, of speaking my truth to my people. And so I said yes to that. And that, of course, has inalterably changed my life. Now, while this talk of, of turning points, well, I want to suggest to you this morning that whether you know it or not, Christmas is not just some nice holiday in December, but it represents the key turning point in human history. If all of human history is a story then what happened in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago represents the crucial moment, the fulcrum, the hinge moment of the story. Now, to get at this, I want to read to you one of the most famous Christmas passages ever written. And it comes from the Gospel of John. And I'm going to read it a little bit more slowly this morning because I really want you to absorb this. In case you don't know, John was one of Jesus' disciples and an eyewitness to the ministry of Jesus. In other words, John isn't just using some poetic language years and years and years after the event. No, No, John has this front row seat to what happened in the advent of Jesus, what happened in this this moment that changed everything. He's, He's trying to express what he saw and what he experienced. Let's read these words now. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Another translation of that is, and the darkness has not understood it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. What I love about this passage is that John is using very provocative language in order to help us understand the significance of Christmas. In the beginning was the word he writes, which harkens back to creation. So, so John wants you to understand that that, that it It didn't just start at Christmas. It started creation. This this story that God is telling in human history has unfolded since the beginning of time. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, you need to understand that John is writing primarily to a Greek audience. And the fact that John uses this word, word, okay, has a whole lot more significance than it does for us. The word, or a word in the English language, is a component of speech. But for the Greeks, it meant much, much more. It had deep, deep philosophical meaning. Let me try to explain this. You, you see, the Greeks divided the world into two parts, into two realms, and then we'll put this up here. First of all, there was the physical world, right? This was the world in which we lived, flesh and blood. This was the, where we, we worked and sweated and tried to earn a living and, and tried to have a family. Um, this was just our day-to-day world, but it was less important. It was considered inferior to this other realm, which was called the world. ...of ideas. For many Greek philosophers, this world, the physical world, was a prison. Something from which we needed to escape. But the world of of ideas... Now, this was the realm to pay attention to. Because this contained what the philosopher Heraclitus called... ...the divine logos. Let me say that again. The divine logos. This was the wellspring of divine power reason and meaning logos is actually translated word the divine word insofar as human beings have reason insofar as we are rational and can argue intelligently we said Heraclitus are participating in the divine word in the divine logos it's what separates us from the animal kingdom they do not have access to the divine logos but we do we do are you with me? Now, anybody want to guess what word John is using here? He is saying, in the beginning was the divine logos. Greeks hearing this gospel would be nodding their heads. and They'd be saying, of course, of course. And the divine logos was with God, and the divine logos was God, John writes. Yes, 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 the Greek mind would be saying, that makes perfect sense. God... And um, God himself and his divine word are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. And then John writes, through him all things were made, and him was life, and that life was the light of men. It's at this point, Greeks might be saying, John, we know this. We know this. Every child in school knows this. Are are you going to say anything new? Or are you just going to plagiarize Heraclitus? And then John says this. And the word... The divine logos became flesh and dwelt among us. Boom. Mic drop. The bomb drops. It's like Greek people would be saying, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, come again, come again. What? I could have sworn. I thought you said the divine logos became flesh. The divine logos went from this, the world of the ideas, it went from this, the upper realm, the, the realm we all aspire to, to this lower realm, the physical realm, this realm of just flesh and blood and, and, and living and dying and breathing. And, it, is that what you're saying, John? Yes, yes, true. That's precisely what I'm saying. In fact, he took on flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. He tented among us. We saw him, John says. We beheld his glory. It was awesome. Are you starting to get just how radical this language is? Because sometimes we can read this over and over again at Christmas time and, and we're like, oh yeah, okay, well, I've heard this before, right? But, but in its time, as John is writing this, it is This is crazy town. John's Greek audience would be saying, John, John, do you realize that if what you're saying is true, I mean, that would change everything. The divine logos becoming flesh and blood? Imagine, imagine the kind of wisdom. Imagine the kind of truth. Imagine the kind of knowledge that would flow from someone like that. I mean, hearing his words would be like hearing the words of God. This would be a revelation like no other. Now John is smiling. He's saying, yes. And that's exactly what we experienced. He was full of grace and truth. What he did changed the world. And even now... His revelation is changing everything. You see, sometimes we forget about this, right? We forget about how amazing Jesus and, and the revelation of Jesus actually is. Think about Matthew 5, right? Think about the, the Sermon on the Mount, this greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached. And he, says, he gets up and all these people are gathered together. There's 5,000 people there, maybe more, right? They're all sitting on a hillside. And Jesus says, okay, now everyone, shh. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. And everyone's like, what? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Do You mean Jesus, that all those, all the down and outers, all those people that, that 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 go to Joshua House, all those people that are other places that will we meet downtown on Railway Avenue, all those people are blessed. Yeah. Because you see, when there's less of you, when you're at the end of your rope, there's more room for God. Jesus says, "Blessed are the meek." The meek, what? Are you, yeah, they're going to inherit the earth. What? What are you talking about, Jesus? Being meek doesn't get you anywhere. I know how it works at work, right? Being aggressive, being being first in line, that's what gets you something. That's what gets you ahead. You're saying that meek people are going to inherit everything? Jesus says, it's a whole new kingdom that I'm bringing. This is a a kingdom upside down from everything else that you've experienced. And you know, um, it's, it's not just John, friends. It's not just John. It's not just this passage. The entire New Testament, the writings of the early church, they strain, they strain to help all of us understand how significant this event of Christmas really is. For example, listen to the Apostle Paul, what he writes in a book called the Book of Colossians. Just listen to the claims he's making about Jesus in this passage. He, that is Jesus, the one born in the manger in Bethlehem, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, get this, all things hold together, and he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him. You see what Paul's trying? He's said, like, do, do you get it? Do you understand? It's the divine logos. Come among us. In him was grace and truth like you've never experienced before. You see, friends, we think Christmas is about presents and trees and tinsel and feel-good Christmas music, but it's about the turning point in human history. It's about the moment in which the eternal God, who formed the planets and stars and mountains and rivers, the one who lives in in unapproachable light, stepped into time. John says in his passage, no one has ever seen God. I mean, how could we? How could we? God is light eternal. God is the source of life. God is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. God is the power that holds the world together. He is, in the words of Paul Tillich, the philosopher, the ground of all being. No one has ever seen that. No one in their flesh has ever witnessed that. In a very real way, we couldn't even get our minds around that. It's too big. It's, it's way too big for our fragile imaginations. But, says John, in a little town in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, the one and only, the eternal Logos, did something unthinkable. He took on flesh and blood and became vulnerable. And now through him, the divine Logos made flesh. We can know God. We can see God. We can touch God. We can live in his light and his love. I spent um, uh, a little bit of vacation time over the last uh, week or so, and I read uh, Matthew Perry's uh, biography. It's called um, Friends, Lovers, and the Great Big Terrible Thing. Any of you read it? It's actually, it's really good. And what strikes me, he talks a lot about God in this book, but what was missing? What was missing was Jesus. Because for him, even though he knew he was messed up, that he was broken, and that somehow he needed God in his life, God for him was always a kind of a distant, impersonal being. God was always like up to something in his life, doing something, but he could never quite understand who God was. And I kept saying, Matthew, Matthew, if only you would meet Jesus. See, Jesus isn't the one that just came. Jesus came to save you and to save you from yourself and all of your habits and all of your addictions to show you the way to live, the divine logos. Tell me, how else else could could God really have saved us without coming among us and showing us what life was, how it was meant to be lived? But now, there's a whole other aspect that I want you to grasp this morning. A much more personal aspect. Because, you see, you can get this philosophically, right? But oftentimes, the toughest journey that we ever have to take in life, and this was true for me in my heart, my life, was from here to here. You know what I'm saying? That 12 inches from your head to your heart. Because God doesn't just want us to understand that Christmas is a turning point in human history. But he wants Christmas to turn this part of ourselves to him. To turn it over to him. That's why if you read this passage carefully, you'll discover that John isn't just making a philosophical statement. He's inviting lost children to find their way home. 1969 was a tough year for George Harrison of the Beatles. He'd been arrested and was facing criminal charges. He had his tonsils out, which doesn't sound like much, but if you are one of the most significant singing stars in the world at the time, um, he was afraid it would affect his singing, and he had to uh, quit doing that for a while. He had temporarily quit the band over creative differences, And his relational world was a mess. George was, as you well know, part of the most popular band in the world. But his life was a mess. To make matters worse, that winter in England was an especially cold one. And it seemed like it would go on forever and ever. In the midst of that, George found himself at Eric Clapton's house one day. And he found some soulless from his problems in the counsel of a friend. And then in the morning, as he woke up, a warm sun broke through the clouds, and he really felt like spring had finally sprung. And so Harrison went out into the garden, took his guitar, and among the budding flowers and trees and birds, and with the warmth of the sun on his face, he wrote the song that you're probably very familiar with. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I mean, I love that song. Um, There's such hope in it. If you're having a really, really bad day and that song comes on the radio, it just makes you feel better, doesn't it? Can I suggest to you this morning that what George Harrison caught a glimpse of on that fine spring morning in 1969 is the exact same thing that John is talking about in this passage, but in a more profound and powerful way. Question, what is the dominant image in this passage that we read this morning slowly? Well, it's light. It's what this series is all about, right? Light shining in the darkness. What does John write? In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, right? The true light that gives light to everyone, Was coming into the world? What is John saying? John is saying, does darkness have its grip on you? Are you feeling empty and unfulfilled? Take heart. Because Jesus has come. Winter is over. Spring is here. There is light in Jesus. There is life in Jesus. There is hope in Jesus. There is joy in Jesus. Here comes the sun. You know, it's no accident that the early church chose December 25th as the date for Christmas. The truth is, we don't really know when Jesus was born. He could have been born in February, March, April, May. We don't know. We don't know. It was originally Christmas, as we celebrate today, a pagan holiday that celebrated the winter solstice. Now, what is the winter solstice for some of you scientifically challenged people? It's It's the moment when the days no longer get darker or shorter, but from that point, they get lighter and longer, right? And having lived in Edmonton for almost 20 years, that was a significant moment because it was the further north you go, the darker it gets, right? Of course, we all know now that this event takes place on December 21st, but in ancient times... What's a few days here or there between friends? For the ancients, this feast celebrated the moment when the sun made its turn and once again began to conquer the darkness. That's why it was often called the Feast of the Unconquered Sun, S-U-N. The Feast of the Unconquered Sun. And here's what happened. Here's what happened. The early church said, we're familiar with a sun who is greater than the sun. A sun, S-O-N, who is greater than the sun, S-U-N. We're familiar with a sun of righteousness that is greater than the disk in the sky that was created by him and for him, as we read. We're familiar with a sun who is in fact, who is in fact the light of the world, who shines in the darkness. So let's make this the one time of the year that we celebrate the coming of the light, the birth of of Jesus. Here comes the Son. Oh yes. Here comes the Son who conquered sin and darkness and death through His birth and life and triumph on the cross. Here comes the unconquered Son who shines His light and life into every human heart. I'm wondering if you know this this morning. I'm wondering if you've received that message, not here, but here. I don't know where you're at today, but this I do know. You can't live in this world without being affected by the darkness. What is your darkness, friends? What do you struggle with in the night? A loveless marriage? A broken family disease or sickness, depression, debt, an addiction. What? This, this, this morning, Jesus wants to be your turning point. It's not that that darkness won't affect you in any way, but, but you can lift your head and you can see the sun coming, the sun of righteousness, a light shining in the darkness, a light getting brighter and brighter and brighter. A light that can be a healing balm to all of the darkness that you struggle with in your day-to-day life. The question is, will you let him? Will you let him be your light? You see, you have to let him. He won't force his way into your life. Notice what John says in this passage. Some, some, he writes, did not receive Jesus. Some, some did not recognize him. Even though the world was made through him, and by him, and for him, some decided to go it alone. Some decided to stay in the darkness. Maybe it was apathy. Maybe they were afraid of what they'd have to give up. Maybe it was just silly human pride. Is that you, friends? Tell me what's holding you back. Because the alternative is so much better, John writes, yet... Now listen now, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, in other words, who actually lived as if Jesus is exactly who he said he was, to those he gave the right to become what? Children of God. Children of God. Just think about that for a few moments. Think about what God is inviting you into this Christmas into an intimate, loving, self-giving, self-receiving relationship with Him. The winter is behind you. The warmth of God's love on your face. The spring of knowing that your sins are forgiven. The fruit and flowers of God's Holy Spirit at work in you. Well, that can almost inspire you to write some music, couldn't it? Maybe. Maybe to even fall on your knees and worship. It's Christmas time again, friends. Here comes the sun, the sun of righteousness. Once again, here comes the unconquered sun. Will you receive him? Will you let his light shine in the dark? Father, um, help us beyond the tinsel and the trees and the presents and the parties and the glasses of wine and the turkey and all the wonderful things that we love about Christmas which are not bad in and of themselves. Can you help us this Christmas to lift our heads and to see you, to see you. The light of Jesus, the light of the world, shining in the darkness for us to make whatever darkness that that we are struggle with in our own lives to make it light again, to help us see truth, to help us see grace, to help us see all the things that we need to see in order to live the life that you meant us to live. Here comes the sun once again. 2023, here comes the sun. Help every heart here gladly receive him. And help us to worship like the angels did on that first Christmas morning. Sing praises to you. Let's stand now. Let's sing this beloved Christmas carol. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. As you go from this place, go with the blessing of the Lord. Extend your hands this way if you're comfortable to receive the blessing of God. May the Lord bless you and keep all of you. May He turn his face toward you and shine on you. And may He give you His everlasting peace. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Go in peace, everyone.